the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 158 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend with us. Go follow us on Twitter or X, um, at Justin Hughes 365, that's where I'm at. Andrew is at AMCQ82, and the podcast official account is at Baseball365Pod. And I haven't mentioned it here in a while. I figured I'd go on and do it tonight, or today, I guess I could say, if you're listening during the day. Andrew and I are two of the four admins that manage the Baseball365 group on Facebook. If you listen to the show and are on Facebook and have not ever joined the group, come join us. It's the offseason, and discussions are fewer in there right now, but there are still posts in there daily about the game we all love. As the hot, like I think the winter meetings, there next week. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more going on in there. A lot of great baseball minds are there, and great conversations happen all year round. All right, let's get Andrew on. Andrew, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm ready I, to talk some uh, NL West here. Yes, this is going to be a Last fun one. one. Yeah. We've made it through it, and I mean, but we, we've got a draft going on right now. I mean, we're going to be talking about that over the next couple of weeks, but where are we at, like round 16 right now? 16, yep, round 16. Yeah, and you're feeling pretty good about your team so far, right? We're not going to go too long. Too yeah, long. pretty good. Yeah, A couple of things that change probably, but yeah, pretty good. Yeah, we'll be talking about that one here. Um, maybe not next week, because next week's the winter meetings and i'm sure we're going to have all kinds of stuff coming from that and just we haven't talked about any of these off-season transactions in general that have been happening this last month or very few of them so i thought it'd be a good time to catch up on that but afterwards it'll be time to get our buddy chris winder back on for our annual rotomasters draft and hold recap show might even do one with him and get a follow-up with a couple other members in in the league and talk to them about their teams so I think we got plenty to do this month, Andrew, and then by the after that, we're into the first of the month, and that's when we start talking positions. It's just yep, moving fast. Yes, it is. Okay, uh, let's get into talking about divisions, and we're gonna start off talking about the L.A. Dodgers, and they finished. They won a hundred games, went one hundred and sixty-two, and won the division. And then we're swept in three games by Arizona in the National League Division Series. And Andrew, you and I were both thinking we'd be, get the shock factor on the show when we took the Diamondbacks in the postseason predictions episode. But we both did the same thing. And either way, the Dodgers were limping into the playoffs with their pitching, and it showed three games, and they were done. So let's get to the business part of the Dodgers. They're, you know, they're a big market team. They've spent money. But they've also done a great job developing their farm and holding on to their assets, um, really just not making many panic moves in the season, I'd say. And, you know, I've, I feel like I've said this for years. I still view them as the class of baseball. Like, do you still feel the same way, or do you think some other teams have caught up to them in that? Uh, I think the Braves are right there with them, yeah. That's fair. And you can probably say the Astros, too, like those three. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, this, but like all three of those have been 
pretty much in contention for the last quite a, quite a few years, and I don't see that changing with any of them anytime soon. Uh, the Dodgers in 2022, their payroll on opening day was $280 million, and this year it was $222 million. And right now, their projected opening day payroll is $136 million, Andrew. It's almost like they plan on to have a scaled-back payroll this offseason. Want to take any guesses on why they might do that, Andrew? <laughs> I mean, kind of thought the whole time they were waiting for Otani. So. <laughs> it, I mean, it doesn't seem like it couldn't seem any more clear what they're doing right now. I mean, to have cut their payroll in half this offseason, if they don't land them, I don't, I like, I don't know what they're doing with their money because you know they're going to spend something, but like it just feels like they have pretty much paved the road to sign Otani this offseason. Um, yeah, they better, they better do it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to – not that they're going to be bad if they don't get him, but – it does seem like they've been setting that up, and I'm, I don't know, I, I could see them not getting them. It's possible. It is possible. I mean, there's, I, I, I'm sure you're hopefully saying that also, just because as a Cubs fan, <laughs> but it's a realistic possibility he could go there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even putting fandom into this. I mean, like, I, what I want to happen and what I think could happen. Is, you know, but I, I do think the Cubs and maybe another team or two have a shot. So, I'm like, yeah, we'll see. I'm going to do this a little out of order with my notes, and I'll come circle back. Like, what do you think the percent chance is that Otani signs with the Dodgers this off season? Uh, when you did the notes a couple days ago, I would have probably said like forty to fifty percent, and now I would probably say like. Um, like over 50, probably like 50 to 60%, something like that. Man, we're, yeah, I'm pretty much spot on with you. That's kind of a little higher. I think it's, I think it's just mostly because from reading like the recent stuff about it being down to just a few teams. And I, I think the Dodgers are the favorite, but, um, still could not be them too. So. I think that report had what 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 were the four teams that we just it saw? It was Dodgers, Dodgers, Cubs, Blue Jays, and Angels, even though that one's Yes, I'm definitely making like, a joke I made in our chat here. And I was like that like who is the source that's actually saying that the Angels are still in it right now? Like the Angels saying they're still in it kind of reminds me of me as a single guy saying that, you know, I'm still in the sweepstakes for Gis Giselle, who's, you know, single right now. I think it's about the same deal. <laughs> yeah, like, if not you're, happening. I, 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 I don't know if I need to really circle back and bang on the Angels, but it's like, if you're the Angels, what can you offer that the Dodgers can't offer? Like, what is it that you have? You can't even offer like, hey, you can live in Southern California here in a beautiful, or wait a minute. No, that's not Southern California. That the Dodgers LA is in Northern California. You can live in, you can live in California in LA. You can't even offer that and beat the Dodgers because they're right there too. Like there's nothing. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, I, the angels aren't getting <laughs> No. 
Anyway, circling back, let's talk about the Dodgers. You know, despite all that talent that they have in that organization, right now they only have two players that are scheduled to make $15 million at least this year, and that's Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. That was wild for me to see as I was looking through the stats. Did that jump out to you whenever I wrote that down? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. This team has spent so much money as of late, and they've, I mean, they've had a plan. Now, all that said, this team isn't as loaded as they've been in years past, and they have a lot of players that are now free agents or have gone and signed with other teams. Lance Lynn's gone back with the Cardinals, where he came up. And also current free agents include Julio Urias. Urias, he ain't going to be back. Um, J.D. Martinez, Enrique Hernandez, Joe Kelly, David Peralta, Colton Wong, who they traded for in season, and Clayton Kershaw, who I do expect them, them to bring him back. And I think Kershaw said he intends on playing next year, which a year ago he seemed more unsure at this time. But I'm guessing he just doesn't want to go out with the injury like he had. Then I don't know. I I just hope Kershaw keeps pitching for a while and stays healthy because or like gets right and stays on the mound because I just love watching that guy pitch and I know you do too. Um, looking at the Dodgers' projected lineup, it still looks solid. Uh, Betts, Freeman, Will Smith, Muncie, Outman, Jason Hayward, Chris Taylor, Gavin Lux, and Michael Bush at DH. <laughs> and uh, after I wrote that, I'm like, do you think there might be a DH out there they might want to try to get, Andrew? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would think. You'd think. Maybe. A, we'll see. So anyway, moving on. They need to just they need to just trade Bush already. I mean, what are yes. they waiting on? Yes. they. I, I'm with you on that. Um, looking at the ADPs for Dodger players and trying to look about somebody we could talk about here, I saw Bobby Miller sitting there at an ADP of 90, which is, you know, six, seven turn men pick a 62 max of 125. And, you know, I didn't pay a lot of attention to Miller. I didn't remember him being a guy that was high on the radar and prospect rankings a few years ago before I stepped away from the game two years ago. I went and looked at Rotowire rankings from that 2021-2022 offseason. And he was right about on prospect ranks there that, that offseason. He was right in the 100 range. And Miller pitched well this year, 120 in the majors, 124 on the innings, 11-4 uh, record, 3.76 ERA, and 119 strikeouts, 32 walks. Didn't have a strikeout per inning, but his walk percentage was incredibly low. So all that said, what are your thoughts on him at that price? Yeah, I think it's about right. Um, nasty stuff, big fastball, obviously winning organization. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an issue with the price. I, yeah, I think it's fine. You know, the winning organizations things is something that I'm trying to pay a little more attention to this year because I've made like. Wins is such a annoying category in the five by five, but you know you're not guaranteed anything by taking a Dodger pitcher. But on the same note, it, you're you're per, it's it's almost like in poker, you have better odds by getting wins when you're on a team like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Him or him versus another Dodger pitcher who has an ADP of 103, so he's only 13 picks apart, and it's hard because we don't know much about him right now, and that's Walker Bueller. Uh, today, I I would probably go Miller, but 
I could change my mind in March, depending on For how sure. Bueller looks. Yeah. Yeah, if Bueller's out there dominating in spring training or just, you know, everything looks normal, that could change. But. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one that could actually flip really quick, but it also could just be Miller the whole way, too. wouldn't surprise me. Yep. Agreed. All right, staying on the pitchers, uh, another couple of young guys with opportunities. Ryan Pepio threw 42 innings and three starts, five relief appearances, two and one record, 38 strikeouts, five walks. Uh, let's see. I think he had 22 innings in AAA. Didn't walk anyone um, there either. Uh, his ADP is 201, so we're talking the 14th round on average. And then there's Emmett Sheehan, who's at 255, so 17th roundish. He has 11 starts and went four and one with a 4.92 ERA, 64 strikeouts, 26 walks, and 60 innings. What are your thoughts on the prices of these two guys? Is there one that you like more than the other in terms of, like, not straight up. I mean, they're slightly different. Uh, Like, I guess they're a few rounds apart, but what are your thoughts on the prices on them? Yeah, I don't, I don't really love them either one. Uh, I do think that there's a lot of value in having guys that are in the Dodgers rotation. Kind of always felt like that, similar to the Braves and stuff, but. These guys are largely unproven, and I don't I, like. I don't think either one of them is a lock, really. I mean, Dodgers can still do plenty this offseason to fill these spots. Um, there's no locks that they will do that, but I feel like you're taking a pretty big leap here with both of them. Um, that said, if they're if they're there come opening day and they're able to hold up over a workload of a full season and all of that stuff. I just think there's multiple things like performance, how sure they are to be in the rotation innings. Like there's just a lot of, a lot of uh, uncertainty, I think with these two and you're drafting them as starters. So yeah, they're yeah going. I'm probably not, I'm probably not getting either one. You said what I was going to say there, which, you know, we're going to play this game like, what is the percent chance you'd give of the Dodgers signing at one starting pitcher to take one of their spots to where they, to there were to where, um, you know, they're maybe competing for one rotation spot. Honestly, like ninety percent. Yes, agreed. I think it's like a lock. Yeah. And what percent chance would you give of them taking Although, two starting pitchers? Well, the only thing I was going to say is I don't know if it would be. Their spot. Who's the fifth guy? Oh, Yarbrough. Which he, yeah, he's. Yeah, that's right. At least as of now, but that's not even real. You know, like he's not going to be starting for them. So they're probably three and four as of now. Um. But yeah, I think it's likely they get one, two. Who knows? Maybe more. Yeah. They, th- I forgot Yarbrough was that fifth guy. I forgot when I made the notes the other day. That pretty much makes it a lock. They're getting one, but still, I'm with you. Like that makes me like in the ninety percent range that they go get two. And yeah, I don't even know if I'm counting Kershaw on that list. Like I'm meaning other guys besides that because it wouldn't surprise me, especially just with the depth of pitching. You know, the Dodgers were that team three or four three or four years ago that just had a ridiculous amount of depth in their system with pitching and it wouldn't surprise me if these two still are going into the year as the starting pitcher six and seven on this team it 
No, it wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, they're definitely going to make starts, but yes. I don't think that they're locked into any type of long-term. I mean, Pepio threw 64 innings total last season mm-hmm. um, and has never thrown even 130, which that's not the be-all, end-all, but I don't think he's a guy that's – absolutely guaranteed elite performance either in the innings he does pitch so yeah i'm just i'm just not really interested at the prices that they're at currently but like i said if they're if one of them is in the dodgers rotation for the whole season it could pay off just i think the price there's just too much helium on them i think right now yep i agree let's move over to gavin lux a guy who tore his acl in spring training he missed the entire season. Uh, his right now he's slated to be the starting shortstop, and he's got an ADP of two sixty nine. It's around the eighteenth round, middle infield type guy. Uh, similar question, like we were talking about with the pitchers. How certain are you that the Dodgers are like he's going to be have a starting gig at the beginning of the year? Like, do you feel pretty confident that they'll keep that spot for him? Um. Yeah, well, I think that they are more likely to than not, but I could see it going either way. I mean, I could see it not being that case, too. I, I think it's more likely he does have a spot, probably. But, I mean, it, it just – don't you kind of feel like if they weren't going to give him the spot, they would have just gotten off of him already? Like, they seem to love this guy. They you could know? still do it this offseason. But they I, could. Yeah, honestly, they could. what you said is what how I feel. Like, I think it's more likely than not they don't. But on yeah. the same note, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't and or they moved him this offseason still. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think he's probably starting for them, but um no guarantees. What about the price then? Two sixty nine ADP. I mean, that's a starting middle infielder. What what are we at there? Like round seventeen, eighteen, eighteen. Yeah, I think it's okay. That's that's like a little later than he was going previously, maybe right? Like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was he like round? He was like round twelve to fifteen, maybe. In that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's okay. When you're in that range, it's kind of a lot of middle infielders that are unproven have pedigree similar to that i feel like he's kind of clumped in with some guys so yeah if you like him i don't i don't mind it there i don't think they'd bury him i don't know if they can like i i'm sure he's probably out of options and stuff like oh actually no i'm looking at the page he's got options he has two options on still but i think if they were to not decide that they were not going to start him i think they'd move him i'd like at this point so you'd imagine yeah it's just so weird with like him and Michael Bush, like I said, I mean, I don't know. It's I, I feel like these guys should have went in trades previously. But if you're just trying to save money for Otani, it makes sense to keep them, you know, yep. too. So, I mean, obviously they're cheaper options and stuff, and they can play. I mean, they have some prospect pedigree and all that. Probably makes sense if you're getting Otani, but. Hopefully we'll find out soon if that's the case. 
Let's see how Lux lines up for you against some other middle infielders here, like him or him versus, versus Carlos Correa. Uh, Correa. J.P. Crawford. I agree, by the way. Uh, I would I would go Lux, actually. I'm, I'm not at all a Crawford guy. Same. I'd go Lux. Brandon Lau? Blow? There's, wait a minute. Hold on. Now I'm... It's Brandon. It's Lau. Yeah, yeah, it's Lau. There, there's too many of those Lau's. It is confusing. Like, it is, yeah, it is confusing because <laughs> there's too many of them. Um, I would go Lau. I agree. Jorge Polanco. Polanco. I agree. And Jordan Lawler. Lawler. I think I agree. Like that one's the one that makes me pause. And I don't know, but we're pretty much. Yeah. Crawford's last of that group for me and Luck's probably right, right in front of him. Yeah. We're not far off there. Uh, any of the other guys on this team you want to discuss, you know, starting reserve rounds, you know, obviously this is a team that if you can get playing time, there's a lot of value. Yeah. Uh, the back of the rotation, obviously kind of like we talked about, there's, some potential openings there. I just have a hard time believing that they're going to trust Pepio, Sheehan, et cetera, as their three, four, whatever you want to call it, four, five. But um, maybe they will. Uh, the depth on this team definitely isn't what it used to be. So that's just kind of something to monitor, pay attention to. Really curious to see. Um, If Miguel Vargas can bounce back, he was a big guy for me last year and obviously wasn't good. Mm -hmm. But I still think that there's potential playing time for him. And I'm I'm curious to see how Outman follows up that pretty good season that he had. So I feel like it could go kind of a lot of ways with him too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's not as many like stalwart stud types on this team anymore, but drop Otani in that lineup, make a trade or two. I mean, they could be looking awesome again real quick. Yeah, the thing is they could go get the top of the lineup. The top of the lineup is obviously still elite. So um yeah, just I feel like they just don't have quite the depth they did. It feels like they're pretty much like when I see them at their payroll right now, I feel like they're just like, we're signing Otani no matter what. We're gonna figure out how much that costs and then we're gonna know how much we have to play with afterwards. That's, yeah, that's yeah. kind of how I view it. And yeah, yeah I completely, completely agree. I, I thought this last year when it was like they were entering the season and it didn't seem like they were doing that much. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, this is weird because the Dodgers always do stuff. They always make moves. They always add guys. And they were going in as much as I liked Miguel Vargas. They were like trusting him. Going into the season, which they never did that stuff in the past, you know, they brought and not in just JD him. Martinez. That was like one of yeah. those like one year deal guys. That's like this just seems odd. And then they got like Miguel Rojas, and they're playing Chris Taylor a lot. You know, just guys that kind of like this is weird, but the whole time it just seemed to be like okay, they're just laying off the gas here because Otani's a year off, and then that's going to be what they do and. Here we are. I, I think they probably get him or they're the favorite, but um, if they don't, 
it's going to be wild. I, I have no idea what they're going to do at that point. I mean, I would assume they just make a bunch of moves and add several guys. Yamamoto, Glass now. They probably go trade yeah. for They just go yeah. get everybody. <laughs> they right, take it out right. on the league, and they take every remaining superstar free agent <laughs> or the one guy yeah. available for trade. <laughs> but I agree. It does seem like they're waiting to see if they're getting Otani or make sure they're getting him before they're doing all kinds of other stuff, which, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, that just made me think of the, it, it felt like for years that Bryce Harper was going to go to the Yankees when he was a free agent. And then they went and traded for Stanton the year before. And, you know, they filled their spots to where there wasn't a spot for Harper and the Dodgers did not make that mistake as everybody kind of felt like he would be a fit for them. They they did the opposite. They cleared. The, they pretty much cleared the road. Yeah. The they cleared the um. What's the the airport when it, where the plane lands? They clan. Cl- they cleared the landing strip. They cleared the roads. The runway. The yeah, runway. Everything. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the Diamondbacks, who finished eighty four and seventy eight, beat the Dodgers in that first round, like we were talking about, and made the World Series against the Rangers and lost them in five games. Uh, 2022 payroll was 90 million and it was 116 million this year on opening day. And right now it's projected at 92 million. That's after acquiring Eugenio Suarez because they've had some free agents that have gone this off season. Evan Longoria, Mark Melanson, Tommy Pham, Zach Davies. Oh, darn on that one. <laughs> oh, geez. I, I still remember him having that like three inning start with nine runs allowed in the middle of the year. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel, Kyle Lewis. Um, so they've lost some guys. So what does Arizona need to have happen to get back to the playoffs and make another run in October? Is it possible? Uh, yeah, I think it's possible. Um, I think it's going to be really big on what they get out of Lawler and... Brandon fought. I think those two guys are pretty big swing guys for them. Like guys who could both be awesome or not be, you know, it's like kind of wild card type guys that could really swing the, the entire roster. I feel like, but uh, yeah, they've got a lot of talent. Um, obviously they had a crazy run. And I I think they could do it again. They they probably need to I think I'd be trying to find another bat somewhere. Like even if Lawler is gonna be in there and be ends up being good, I think they could use somebody else. I know they just got Suarez, which you're about to bring up, but um the back of their lineup is still got question marks, so probably something they could address. And I kind of feel the same way about their rotation too. I mean, right now yeah. you got Ryan Nelson and Tommy Henry. It's like that doesn't seem like a that's going to get you through the regular season. I mean, you only, you don't have to have a four or five whenever you're in the playoffs, but you can't. Like they need to find a couple arms, which I that I mean, you can do that. You can play the you know bargain bin shopping, and you can get a couple guys that can be in the back end. But that also needs to happen. But I'm with you on the other part. With you know, they probably need another bat. Uh, Suarez, 
uh, going to Arizona, does that have any impact on your views on him this next year? His ADP is 283 right now, a 19th rounder or so. Does that change at all for you? Yeah, I think I like him a little bit more. Um, not a ton, but yeah, a little bit. I mean, he's he's got a lot of power, just you know, obvious warts with him too. No speed, not likely to have a good batting average, stuff like that. But a lot of power, uh, good to throw in the middle of that lineup. I probably like him a little better in Arizona than I would in Seattle. Yeah, I did a little research on that because I really had never tried looking into ballpark factors and I did some Googling and found out baseball savant has it. And yeah, Seattle for right-handed hitters is third, 29th out of 30 teams, 30 ballparks, and Arizona's pretty neutral at 14th. So that right there for a power guy like him, you know, he only hit 22 homers this last year. I Like, What's he projected for right now? I'm going to try to pull that up real quick. That what his steamer projection for over, for home runs right now is at 23. Like, I think I'd I would over that, just because. Yeah, I would over. And maybe I was going to guess tw- I was going to guess 26 without looking. Yeah, 20. Like I think I would project in the high 20s, 27, 28, if I was to guess. And maybe that'll change with steamer now that he's there, and it just hasn't yet. Uh, Merrill Kelly, he had a fantastic 2023, 177 innings, 187 strikeouts, 69 walks, 12 and eight record with a three, two, nine ERA and his ADP is 154. What are your thoughts on him? You know, you're talking about the, I guess that would be the 11th round. What do you think about Kelly there? I think it's pretty fair. Uh, it could be a trap, though. <laughs> He's 35. I mean, at any point, you know. I guess it's been really one of actually, it's not probably talked about enough, but an amazing story that he is what he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't throw his first major league pitch until he was 30. I believe that's right. He's 35 right now, correct? Um yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. And if not, he was and, he was 29. Yeah. No, it was uh, 2019, yeah, 88. So, yeah, he was 30 when he threw his first major league pitch. And to go from that to what he's been, I mean, he was their second best pitcher on a, on a World Series team. You know, it's just – Totally crazy. Like, it's just unbelievable what he's done. And he's been pretty good for a couple of years now. But um, I think he's kind of outpitched his metrics a little bit. And, yeah, I could see it uh, falling apart quick, potentially. I, I don't I, – I, I think it's kind of baked in, though, a little bit. Like, I mean, it's 11th round. He's pitched better than that. Um, so, yeah, I – I don't know. I, I could see myself getting a share if he slipped or something, but I think it's about right. Yeah, agreed. I don't I don't think I'm going out of my way to jump to get him by any means, but if he was there at that yeah. price or a little later, I'm okay with it. I mean, three of the last four years now, he's had an ERA at 3-4 or better. Like 3-3-7 is his lowest ERA in three of those four seasons. He had a 4-4 four, four 
four ERA in twenty one. But yeah, he's been pretty good. Yeah, a pretty good run here, and it is incredible what he's you know. But he's never had a strikeout rate like he had this last year either. Like that was an uptick, and I don't know. I'm not as good at looking into skill changes to see if something was different with that or not. But yeah, I think I'd be yeah. Able. I just think about I just think about the how out of nowhere it's been, the age that he's at. And I kind of think of Charlie Morton, like how much he, I mean, he's, he's kind of fell off this past year. Yes, he did. And he's a little bit older than Kelly, but he's also got a longer track record than Kelly. So yeah, it just, when it goes and you're that age, it goes quick. And for how crazy of a rise he had, I, I could see it going just as quick potentially, but may not be this year, you know. So you kind of just probably got... a long, probably a long way of saying I maybe I won't end up drafting him now that I'm looking a little bit at it, but thinking more about it. But um, I don't think it's like egregious or anything that cost. You just got me curious to go look at Morton's page. Like, when what age was he when he broke out? Because he was one that was sputtering in the major leagues for quite a while before yeah. the breakout happened. It was 2016. At the end of 2016, and really 2017 is when the breakout happened. So that would be seven years like ago. Early 30s, 33. yeah, like 33. Yeah. yeah. Close <laughs> if, to the same age. If Merrill which Kelly he held pull it, that off. Yeah, he held it pretty good for a while. The last couple years have been a little shaky, but um, yeah. And I mean, Morton's going later than Kelly now, you know. Mm-hmm. Just things to think about. I'm always I'm always kind of looking for pivots down the board. Like, oh, if I don't get this guy, you know, this guy's available later. What's the difference? You yep. know, stuff like that. Um, not saying that they're exactly the same, but you know what I mean. Let's move over to Brandon Fott. Uh, he's got a steamer projection of 146 innings, nine and nine records, so nine wins, 4.41 ERA. 132 strikeouts, 40 walks. So let's do that over under thing with two or three out of two out of three categories here with nine wins, 441 ERA, 132 strikeouts. Where would you land on that? I don't even feel like I'm a fight guy really, but I would take the over on on that. So no, and when you say it, you mean better, right? Yeah, better, yeah. Yeah. Um I don't I think he would have to be really bad to not get opportunities this next year. Mm-hmm. Like even if they add somebody, I just think he's going to get the opportunities. He was good in the playoffs. He's got the p- prospect pedigree, uh recent prospect pedigree. And um I don't know exactly what he'll do with it. Like he could have a really bad April or May and lose some of that opportunity. But I think it would have to be really bad for, uh, for him to not get it. I think they'll give him run, even if he winds up being like their fifth starter. And uh, it's, it's hard to predict. I, he's kind of volatile, I feel like, but these are pretty conservative numbers. So I would take the overs. Yeah, the way I looked at this was 
he could go out there and have a four six four seven ERA and still beat those the, those other two categories. Yeah, and that is why I chose to take it. Like he could clean sweep it. He could also not. <laughs> but um, the it, like volatile is a good word because I just see a lot of range of outcomes. Like if you told me that he went out this year and he had a three three ERA, fourteen wins, hundred and eighty strikeouts. I wouldn't be shocked. And if he also went out there and had a 5-5 ERA and like was out of the rotation in June, maybe up and down, and it was just a year that went really wrong, I wouldn't be shocked either. Yeah. I'd be... I think I'd be more shocked if it was that bad, but... Agreed. I think it's just more to do with I think they believe in him, and I think that they're going to give him quite a bit of rope. I mean, if he's just getting killed out there, they'll maybe they nix it. But you know what I'm saying. I I think they're going to give him plenty of opportunities to stick. And I think, he, I think he figured some things out as the year went on. And that's the thing that impresses me with him is it seemed like down the stretch there he pitched well. He pitched well in the playoffs, and I think it was just adjusting. And he might have figured some things out and made those adjustments there down the stretch. Might be a real good pitcher this next year. Yeah, definitely could be. Any other late round guys you're interested, or maybe another Diamondback I haven't brought up here that we haven't talked about lately? Like I didn't bring up. Um, oh shoot, the guy we just mentioned, the shortstop, um, Lawler. Lawler. I didn't bring up him because we did just talk about him on the yeah. two couple weeks ago, but. Yeah, I know uh, Gabriel Moreno is a guy that's been getting some buzz. Yep, good catcher. Um, he was good at the end of the year. Christian Walker went in round four of my first draft, which kind of blew my mind. That's too soon. I love Christian I don't think Walker. he should go that high. No. But, but uh, yeah, a lot of power. What about and, Alex yeah, Thomas? Yeah. Man, I I don't I just don't feel like he he has enough power for me to really be too interested. I mean, he kind of screams seventy five just so to yeah. He kind of just seems to me like a double digit, you know, ten ten type of guy. Maybe maybe a little more speed, but you mean yeah, I'm I, not I'm not too interested in him. You mean a 2.2 launch angle and a 5% barrel rate this last year doesn't get you excited for some power? <laughs> <laughs> I just now pulled that up and I'm like, "Oh geez." Yeah, I don't really I don't really know where Alec Thomas is going to break out. That's the thing. It's like I don't think he can hit 300. I don't think he's got a lot of power. Like he's just kind of blah, you know? Especially for, for a young guy, he's pretty blah. And, and he doesn't I, have game as I, speed either. Yeah, I think he's uh, probably going to still get to play, but yeah, just not too exciting, really. It's a good thing he's really good at defense out there in center field, and he showed it off in the playoffs. I remember some balls that were just absolutely smashed that looked like trouble out there, and he just went out there and got them and made them look easy. So he does have that going for him. Corbin Carroll, where are you taking him? Oh, boy, let's see... Three, or who I are think you is where I land. Or who are you taking ahead of him, I should ask. Um, Acuna and Julio, I think that's it. I yeah. 
I think I would take him over Witt and have him at three. But I mean, that's it. You? I think I think I know your answer already, but uh like three to five probably. I I think the more I've I would have said two or three maybe a month ago. Um I do think he's the one of the top guys that and, and obviously we're splitting hairs, he's he's a superstar, but um I think he's the one that's the most likely to hit like 20 home runs or under 20 home runs. Yeah. And I know it's nitpicking, but you have to nitpick when you're comparing them to the top, top group, you know? So yeah, I'm definitely not higher than three. I'm definitely not taking them over at Cooney or Julio. Yeah. And then it's, it's him with, Betts, Tucker, there, there's a bunch of them. I, it's so fluid in there. I still haven't like exactly hammered out my order. I don't think. Yeah, it's you. I mean, I think you're right. Three or five, three to five. I mean, even if somebody want to take him at two, I'm not. You're not going to blink. Like, no, no, I'm not going to. Just you personally blame them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's take a quick break. We're going to finish up with the Diamondbacks here, or we're done with the Diamondbacks, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the San Diego Padres. Well, it was not a good year for the Padres. Ownership, fans, any of them. They finished 82-80 and 80 despite all of that talent. They failed to make the playoffs. And reports say that they things went so bad that the organization for the organization that they had to go take out like a $50 million loan or they were trying to take one. I, I don't remember if they actually got it or not. But they were due to their high payroll. And it sounds like they need to cut spending in a big way this offseason. Looking back, uh, 2022, their opening day payroll was $211 million. It was 249 this year, and right now it's down to 182 And rumors are they're listening to offers for Juan Soto, who's projected at $32 million in arbitration, according to Cots Baseball Contracts. And they've lost some free agents. Josh Hader, Blake Snell, Nick Martinez, Drew Pomerantz, Rich Hill, Seth Lugo, Profar, and Waka. Andrew, if you were a Padres fan, what would you th- what would your feelings be on AJ Preller? Because it's been a wild roller coaster since he took that job eight years ago. I mean, th- he bought all of that stuff. All like I remember, it was the Justin Upton, Craig Kimbrell, James Shields. They were all on that roster, and then after that, they had this great farm that looked incredibly loaded, had a bunch of excitement. And they made the NLCS a couple years ago. They got really close. And I don't know. That right now, that it, it's not looking great for them in terms of their team build. But, like, do you, have, do you think you could put yourself into the shoes of being a fan of this team and kind of tell me what you'd think about them? Uh, I think... I think Preller's... I think Preller's good. I, I don't have any issues really with what he's done. 
I think he's trying to do it the right way. And some of the stuff that has happened isn't really his fault. Like, I just don't just didn't work. You no, know, they've yeah, it just didn't work out. I mean, he's trying to win. They have a lot of talent. They still have a lot of talent, you know, um, and there's just been things happen, like some of the stuff with Tatis and um, I know talk some about Machado, too, probably. But it just hasn't all like come together like you would have expected. But I don't really blame him much for that. Uh, I did think that when they made the Soto trade, they lost it. And I still think that. And it's mostly just because but but it's not so much about um winning or losing it. Like obviously if he if they would have won the championship, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have mattered, you know? Mm-hmm. But I never really thought they were gonna do that, even though they had a lot of talent. And I mean the Padre or the uh, the Nationals got a pretty good haul. I felt like so. Still feel pretty similar to when that happened um, about that trade. But again, he was he was trying to win, and he had a roster that I feel like in his mindset he should have been trying to do that. So I don't really have any issues with him. It just a lot of it just hasn't worked out. I agree with you. I was going to say is like at least he's trying. And he's he's not afraid like he's not afraid to make big moves. Um, the Soto one didn't work out, or like it looks like it won't work out. And then they gave up a lot. And honestly, if you're a team that's trying to spend a lot, it's good to have some a couple co- cost controlled players. Like they could have Mackenzie Gore in that rotation along with C.J. Abrams in the infield, and that probably would be helping them. That and that is the one. My biggest critique is I think he's treated it too much like a fantasy team and trying to get the best lineup possible when really they could have used like they could use some more. They've like it's felt like their arms in that rotation have been too shallow for multiple years now. And it's because they've spent so much of their money on to on the hitting side. Like I, I would I would rather them not have signed like Xander Bogarts and brought him in traded for Soto and instead just tried getting a couple arms in there. Maybe that would have been a difference for him as compared to going for this ridiculous offense. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know if that would have completely been the answer either, but it's no. possible. I, it's What's funny is they still have a decent farm system too. It's There's a lot of talent in this organization. It's just just hasn't worked out it's really strange i i feel like a lot of this past season was just bad luck like they probably should have ended up with a better record than they did just based on like run differential and stuff like that they i want to say they were they had some crazy record of like they couldn't win in one run games or extra inning games their record in one run and extra inning games was ridiculous like just comical and some of that is just a bounce here, a bounce there, you know, but it just took the bad end of it. I don't know. So what do you think needs to happen for them to make the playoffs next year and be a playoff caliber, maybe contending team? Definitely need more pitching. Definitely need to make some moves this offseason. Um, back of the rotation. 
A lot of these back of the rotations, though, they look worse because there's guys that are unsigned. So they'll look better as guys sign. Um, but yeah, I, I, I fully expect the Padres to have better luck this coming season and be better. I, range of outcomes for them. It's kind of like what I've said with the Cardinals. I, I just feel like it, this past year was about as bad as it could be, aside from Hassan Kim and Blake Snell. Like, it was just bad, you know? Yeah, agreed. They need they need at least – they've got to get, go get three starters. Right now they got Joe Musgrove and you Darvish. And I mean, Darvish didn't have a great year either. But after that, it's right now, and of course, this is going to change. Matt Waldron, Pedro Avila, and Jay Groom. And, yeah, that yeah, they've got to get some guys. Yeah, that's, I feel like they just put in computer names. And <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Who do I don't think, know. Uh, who do you think is going to get snow? You know, I really haven't thought any much ge- about that. Any guesses? I haven't either. I just was thinking about it because I just mentioned him, but. Obviously, uh, I have a thought. Great, and I'm good. great before, year. But... Before I answer, and I'm going to look, take one quick peek at the roster resource for this page. I actually I, heard that. I actually heard that the Dodgers were interested. I, I think at that. some point, but I'm going to say the Dodgers bring in Otani, and then the Cubs sign him. Snow. Yeah, I'll say the Cubs. Uh. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel about that. I was wondering how you were going to react. But it depends it was on the contract. The, it was the first team that came to my mind. I was like, hmm, who would do it? Okay. Yeah, I think I think Snell's going to get paid too much. Yeah. personally, agreed. And, I and it's not the team to do it's it. Funny cause, it's funny because it's because I actually do think he's a really good pitcher. Yeah, but he's just one of those guys that I wouldn't want to buy him off the peak season. And no matter who does it. They're buying him off the peak season. He's the Robbie so, Ray. Just very, uh, very up and down. Yep. The Robbie Ray, the guy you used to always say, or Dylan Cease. You buy him off the down season. You don't want to buy him. And the same applies if you give him a big contract coming off this year. I mean, it was 2018 when he won that Cy Young with the Rays. And yeah. don't get me wrong, he's had a couple good years and like he's been fine, but in other seasons since then between then and now, but it's been an up and down thing. And there have been times where owners of his have been driven nuts. Specifically, I remember that in 2021, he had a 4.2 ERA and he had a walk rate of almost five per nine. He was driving and it was almost five per nine this year. So yeah, yeah, it can, it can be a roller coaster ride with that guy. Um, Manny Machado, he had a bad elbow this year, and you know I know he was struggling. I specifically remember his on base was like struggling to get over 300 in the first half of the year for quite a while, but still hit 30 home runs. Had a you know did all right, like finished okay. This the guy who's been more around an OBP of 340 to 370 most of the previous years. It was 319 this year because of that tough first half, but. Yeah, you know, he's already had the procedure done, I think, on that elbow, if I recall right, to where it might be a bounce back candidate here. Um, ADP is at 68 overall. That's a fifth round player. Didn't you take him in your first draft and old or one of them already? No, I haven't taken him yet. 
Okay, I had that wrong. What are your thoughts on him at 68, fifth rounder? I like it. I think it's completely fair for a guy with a long track record. Yeah, I. I this is a, another guy you just kind of buy the dip. I feel like he's going to be productive no matter what. Um. Yeah, there was he was kind of going at the wheel last year, so I think he. I, I mean, I still think he's a good player, you know. I I definitely uh, I definitely could get behind it. I'll probably have some shares of him. Agreed. I definitely would be buying the rebound. I mean, he was hurt, and I mean his numbers dipped down all across the board. And I would expect him to be back closer to what his production's been the last few years. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, so you know, I thought it'd be fun to t- do a him or him versus him versus the guy we've said we hate his ADP, which is 26 picks sooner, and that would be Royce Lewis. Like, who would you take straight up for 2024? Because that's a big gap there. Oh, um, well, I think in about 95% of drafts, Royce Lewis is going to go first. Agreed. So, but yeah, I, if... If I had to pick one, I think they should be like in, going in the same spot, essentially. So, but I'm I'm just not gonna get Royce when I could just wait and get Machado or somebody else. I think I'd take Machado straight up, but it's close. Like I do yeah. agree that they should be going close to each other. Yeah, their projections are real close. Um, I feel much safer with. Machado's health um even though he was banged up this last year but just in general I mean he's been a healthy productive player for such a long period of time and I think Royce Lewis is like high end like top end season that you can envision keep in mind you're also having to envision health which he's never had um is something that Manny Machado can kind of doing his sleep almost. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's other than maybe a few stolen bases, I, I'll give it that Royce probably has a little bit higher stolen base upside at this yes. stage, but um, not enough to make up this gap in ADP. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Jackson Merrill, he's got an ADP of 685, and he's gone in 26 of the 59 drafts when I made these notes on Tuesday. Would you be interested in him as a late round flyer? He made a double A this year, had it like 187 at bats there. Uh, I don't know. I think it. I think it could be one that's a zero, but yeah, probably not. Probably not for me. Yeah, it's one of those. If I did, it'd be the 50th round, like very last pick. Right at the end, yeah. I just don't know, like, even if he gets there, how impactful is it? I don't really see it being, like, a super impactful right away. I think he's a good prospect, but, yeah, probably not the not one of the prospect flyers I'm going to be looking at. What about, and I don't mean for drafting, but the other prospect, I didn't write down in the notes. I just kind of thought of this as we were talking Padres. 
does Ethan Salas make it to the majors this year? You know what? That was I was actually going to ask you that. So I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no. Yeah, but man, it's just it's... he's not even going to be 18 until June 1st. <laughs> 17 and a half. It's right so now. it's so like. How are I we can't... asking this question? Exactly. I can't even. I can't say yes to that. I just can't. What percent and if I'm chance? wrong, then so be it. I think it would be extremely cool. But What percent chance do you give of him playing in the majors this year? Um, I don't know. 20% maybe? <laughs> That's the exact number. I'm like, I'm going to say 20%, which is wild that it's that high. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he does, but it is wild that it's even a question. Somehow he went from low A to high A to double A, playing 48 games in low A. Then he just he played nine in, in high A, and somehow after nine games as a 17-year-old, they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put him in double A. <laughs> yeah. It's just wild. It's not yeah. like he wowed. Uh, like offensively by any means. I think defensively he's impressed every stop of the way. And uh, who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, I think we're about lockstep there. Anybody else on the Padres you want to touch on before we move on to the next team? No, I think that's uh, – I think that pretty much covers it. I stole your thunder and your question by putting bringing up Salas after not putting him in the notes there. Yeah, that's nah, all good. All right, let's talk Giants then. 79 and 83 this last year. So right out of 500 team. 2022 payroll was 155 million. It was up to 187 this year. And right now it's down to 142. So they do have some players off the books and some money available. But they do have some holes that seem to need filled. I mean, they lost Jock Peterson, Brandon Crawford. Sean Manea, Manaya, uh, Alex Wood, and AJ Pollock, who they traded for midseason. Not a big list of productive names there this past year, besides um, Jock Peterson. And you know, as I was looking at this roster and looking at this team, I really struggled figuring out who on earth the Giants are. You know, they rebuilt a couple of years ago. And it was just two years ago they had that 107-win season. But they've been a 500 team since with 81 and 79 wins the last few two years. Like, what are your thoughts on this organization? Like, to me, they seem like a team spinning on their wheels. My exact thought on the Giants pretty much every year is... I have no clue what they're doing, but they always seem to be better than you think they'll be. Yep. And it just never ends. It's always like this. We it's thought that always they like won this. those World You can series. look at this. Yeah, you can look at this roster every year, and I'm like, man, they're old. Man, they're old. Man, they're old. Every year they're old. And it's just, for whatever reason, you look up, and granted, they've had some years where they've been better than others. This past year, they weren't they weren't great, but um, they still always seem like 
they should be worse than they are. It's like they they maximize every little bit. So yeah, I never I never know what they're doing. I just feel like this team is forever old. There's no youth. Like they just need some kind of exciting young players that they just never seem to come, you know? So it's really strange. But if you told me that they got a wild card this year, I wouldn't even be that shocked. I just I'm just never shocked with this this team pulls off miracle things sometimes. It's so weird. And they're gonna add some guys this offseason. I like I'm certain of that. They're gonna I mean, they're trying to get Otani. I forget. Did you say they were on that list of teams or are they already out of it? No, they weren't on the list. I did actually see a different list that they were on it, but it was older. Like the one I saw today that was supposedly current, they weren't on it. But They're trying, and that's been a problem for this team. It seems like they're always in it on these big-name free agents, and they always fall into second place. I mean, they had Correa. Wasn't it Correa? that they, Weren't they the team that had him until the whole um, – the um shoot whenever they did the physical afterwards was that oh yeah i think they were one of wasn't it a couple different teams that did that yeah maybe the mets too yeah Mets. yeah so yeah and i think it's going to happen with otani too like you know if they may already be eliminated but that they were definitely seeming like they were going to try for him um Moving into some players, Kyle Harrison, he's got an ADP of 273, so we're talking 18th round there, 19th round. And, you know, he was a pretty high-ranked prospect going into this year, and in AAA, he was insanely wild for a while. But he did get it together and was eventually promoted to the bigs and had success in seven starts, 34 innings, 1-1 record, 4-1-5 ERA, 35 strikeouts, and only 11 walks. So a sub three nine walk per nine. Thoughts on him at that price? You know, eighteenth. You know, you're, we're probably talking starting pitcher five or six for a lot of teams. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's I think it's fine. I actually today he went in our drafts, mm-hmm. and right as he had gone, I I had put him into my queue right before that. Oh, so it's kind of. Kind of laughing about that. I'm not sure I would have taken him there, but um, he was at least on your radar. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think it's fair. I think they'll they'll give him some some run and see what he can do with it. As long as he doesn't lose his control like he did in AAA yeah. this year, and you know, again, that's a great ballpark to pitch in. Oh, it's great. Yeah, that's that's one thing I've loved the last couple of years with Alex Cobb. I've had a lot of shares of him the last couple of years, and. He's just home. You pitch him. Road, you probably don't. But his his splits are crazy. And yeah, it's the home park is is awesome to pitch in. If you've got a halfway decent pitcher, those home games in San Fran, you you just got to gobble them up. I mean, you start them every time. You know, I took Lucas Giolito in the same draft, and I was talking about how I plugged my nose when I made the pick. And one of the Giants fans in the league, I think it was Ricky. Our buddy Ricky, he like, now nah, the Giants are going to sign him and they'll fix it. Like, he's going to all of a sudden get his untapped potential or whatever. He said something like that, and I was like, 
that seems like a giant signing. Like that I, I don't know what Giolito is doing, looking for or anything, but Giolito signing with the Giants just sounds like it's too perfect to not happen. And then all of a sudden he's there and he's pitching really well again. Yeah. Wouldn't shock me. Uh, let's see. Moving on, we got Luis Matos. He had a 253 plate appearances in 2023 after having real success, real good success in AA and AAA early in the year. But in the majors, I don't know if there was another word to use for his production other than vanilla. Uh, 250, 319, 342 triple slash with two homers and three steals and a barrel rate of a whopping 2%. Um, you know... ADP is at 589, so we're talking in the late 30s in the round pick. Steamer projects only 263 plate appearances, so they're not really seeing him as a full-time player much of this year. Does that sound about low, high, about right in terms of the playing time? Um, I think it's I think it's one where if you look at this team, you would think that they would give him more than that. But I'm not convinced they will. So, yeah, if I had to peg his plate appearances, it'd probably be maybe slightly more than that, but not a ton. Yeah, he's going to have to play better. If he wants to get playing time, I think he's got to play better or, you know, but the thing is the injuries happen and then guys get plugged in. I, I mean, he wouldn't have that many plate appearances this year if it wasn't for, um, I think it was Conforto that missed two months of the year. Do do young hitters ever break out on this team? Like. Buster Posey did. Buster Posey? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my God. It's just, it's just crazy. And I just feel like they never that never happens. It's kind of like you were saying a moment ago about them needing a jolt of excitement out of a young guy, and I was sitting there thinking of Marco Luciano. Yeah, they've got Luciano and Matos right there now on the doorstep. They've had a ton of prospect hype over the last few years, and you would think this is their time to shine, and for some reason, I still just feel like it isn't going to happen. I, I think it has a lot to do with it just doesn't seem like what the Giants do. And and I'm not saying that in a bad way because I actually really respect what they do because they take, you know, they can take a penny and turn it into a $100 bill. I mean, they just make these guys that are nothing into solid major league players all mm-hmm. the time. But it just doesn't ever seem to come from the uh, the elite prospect group or the high-end prospect group that like fully breaks into the, you know, like you said, since Buster Posey, essentially, I mean, Joey Bart looks like a total bust. Yep. Um, and hopefully those guys aren't, but yeah, it's just, it's really strange. This team is strange. Other guys, you know, it's the Lamonte Wades. It's the Tyro Estradas, the Mikey Estremskis, the guys that you don't even expect. And, Wade was one I was going to bring up next. You know, I see a few values personally for Giants in the 500s, guys that, you know, could get playing time and be productive. Lamonte Wade's ADP is a 528. He has first base outfield eligibility, you know, could hit leadoff for the Giants. 
uh, Alex Cobb, who did have hip surgery and does seem like he's going to miss like maybe the first month of the year. But like you said, he was great for you in a lot of redrafts this year. And the production was only at only at home. But yeah. Was that the way the whole, like the whole, like even early in the year? Because early oh, yeah. in the year, his ERA was so good. His first half was he, 2.91. He is a home road guy completely. Like, it, you, he could have the easiest road matchup, and he was just getting bombed right away hmm. early in the game. Ugly, ugly. But he could be at home against anybody, and he looks awesome. It's just crazy. So I'd be in on both of those guys personally. In like the five hundreds, am I missing something? Like, are you off of either one of those, or do you think they're Cobb and who was the other one? Uh, Lamonte Lamont Wade Lamonte Wade five twenty nine on his. Uh, yeah, I mean, anytime you can get playing time in that area, that's yeah, that's value. Uh, anyone else with on... Cobb? With Cobb, I just I don't really. Th- I mean, he's old. He's. I don't ever like guys that are going into the year hurt. Yes. So the fact that he's old and going into the year hurt and has been getting crushed on the road, I mean, you only really feel good starting him at home. Things are starting to pile up with him. I mean, his his ADP should definitely be later, but it is, so I get it. There's always a chance that they've got enough pitching when he comes back because they're going to sign somebody this offseason, at least one guy. And if so, you know – uh, where's where's Stripling at? Was Stripling starting for them most of this last year? Was he good? Kind of in and out. I I don't believe he was starting for a lot of it, but he starts. he made he made some starts. Yeah. Okay, so maybe they maybe they will have a spot for him when he gets back. Anyone else that's on this team that you also want to discuss? It's so hard to know what to want to discuss. I do think that. Like if um, I think Di Sclafani's interesting still if mm-hmm. he's healthy, uh, which is obviously the big question for him. But really, any pitcher that's in their rotation, I think, could be interesting because they seem to get a lot out of their pitchers. Where are you at on Logan Webb? Just on his, you know, he's going pretty early. This is this is the year. Yeah. it's the earliest he's gone. He's a fifth rounder. Is it? I mean, it's probably went last year, right? I think he went in the same spot. Was he going much. about? Was he going that high? Yeah, yeah, he was going about that high. Okay. Yeah, I think I think he's fine. I, I I'm pretty interested in any Giants pitching. You know. Yeah. Anybody that can is making starts or potentially could because when they're in San Fran, it's just so valuable. But on the offensive side, I mean. Best player is the best fantasy player in their offense is Tyro Estrada. Yeah, and that's just sad, you know. Hey, <laughs> I like Tyro Estrada. You be nice to him. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. He's a you know he's yeah, a middle infielder and in on most fantasy teams. Yeah, it's or not the most interesting from an offensive standpoint. But um, hopefully, they could change that. Agreed. All right, well, let's go talk about the team that's the exact opposite of them in some ways where we like talking about the pitching for the Rockies and or for the Giants and not as much the hitting. Well, here's the exact opposite. The Colorado Rockies, part of it's not their fault. Their pitching in or their their pitching is 
a very tough situation in Colorado. That said, Andrew, I hate this team. I mentioned that the Giants seem aimless. At least they have an excuse that they come really close to landing major free agents the last few years just to finish second fiddle. Um, but they, you know, they find ways to win. They get it done. The Rockies, I never understand their logic. I never understand anything they're doing, and they never win. Like, it's, they drive me nuts. Yeah, they're, there's something else. When you said you hate this team, I was thinking, does anyone love this team? Like, I have does a, any, I have a friend anyone? that's from Denver, and she is a diehard Rockies fan. And Really? Yeah, and I, I don't get a talk didn't know to those, Didn't know those existed. Apparently, they got a pretty good fan base, I think, in Colorado. But that said, yeah. I rarely talk to somebody just randomly that says, yeah, I like the Rockies. Right, yeah, it just doesn't seem like that type of team, at least not right now, but nope. So, um, their 2022 payroll on the business end, let's talk about it. it was 131 million. This last year it was 172 and they're projected back down to be at 136. So they could spend this off season if they wanted to, um, get back where they were last year. Um, they didn't lose anyone to free agency. Really? Brent Suter, Chase Anderson, Chris Flexen, those are our biggest names lost. So I don't know, maybe they traded somebody last year, and I just don't know about what, like I'm wondering how their payroll went down and didn't do any more digging that to find out, but maybe it was just for due to trades. Um, You know, then again, you know, if they have a loaded roster and you don't really have much turnover. Um... I was sitting here making the notes the other day and wondered when Colorado last made the playoffs. And I thought I'd ask you, like, when did, like, see if you remember or have a guess on when they last the made last the playoffs. The last time they made it? I know they made the World Series in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say... Or no, that was the Reds. For some reason, I was thinking that that was the team that Halliday no hit in the playoffs, but that, nope, was, the that Reds, was the Reds, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they've – they've probably made it one year since that, but yeah, I'm not sure. It's actually not as long ago as I, as I expected. Uh, 2018 was the last time they did Holy it. Holy cow, really? Yeah, it was just five seasons ago whenever they actually did it. And I think they did in 2017, too. I, I'm trying to find out, but I think when I looked it up... I figured there was a year in there, but I definitely don't remember it being five years ago. Yeah. Lord, that's... Yeah, definitely wouldn't have guessed that. Nope, it was, it was a trick question there. Because <laughs> it does feel like it's been since, like, 2011. Anyways, um... Will they make the playoffs again by the end of the decade? There's an expanded playoffs. More teams get in. No. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh, it's a lot of shots, but... They deserve them. The division is just... I don't know where they're going to go up, you know? No, it's a very tough division. The Arizona's on the way up, and they're already there kind of thing. And 
I don't think San Diego is going to like fall apart. You know, Dodgers are at the top. Yeah, I, I don't see it. No, I, I don't like. Do you think they can finish third? Like, uh, do you think they'll finish third by the end of the decade, or will they always be fourth or fifth? They probably could randomly finish third, but. You said could. I, I, I actually think they could. I, I agree. But I, I think I would still like, if you had me guessing, I'd say 50-50 on it. Whether, would they actually get to the middle of the standings? Anyways, yeah. enough enough banging on them. Let's talk about some players. Ezekiel Tovar had his first full season in the bigs and um, hit two fifty three with 15 homers, 11 steals, 79 runs, 73 RBI. And Steamer doesn't project much of an uptick, you know, 17 homers and 13 steals, similar on the other three categories. What do you think about him this year? Did I did, did I even write his ADP down? I didn't. I want to try to pull that real quick. I'm trying to remember. What do you think? Uh, about I want to say I want to say he's going like 140-ish. Is that my Oh uh, no, I think it's later than that. Yep, 197. Yeah, I was gonna say around two hundred. Uh, I like Tovar overall. Um, liked him last year. It was going later, a little bit later last year. Um, or I think that's off memory, I guess. Uh, really impressive to me what he has been able to do. He's super young, like he's. I think there was a point um, before maybe it was Ellie came up or I don't know if it was Ellie. It might have been somebody else. But I think he was like the youngest position player in the majors or very close. He was one of the few youngest, you know. So I kind of always had that in mind as I was evaluating him, looking at him throughout the year. He kind of started off slow and then started to make adjustments, I think, improvements and stuff. So, yeah, I like him overall, but, again, kind of like when I was talking about Lux, I think that there's just a big group of those middle infielders in there that I think can be combo guys like anywhere from 12-12 to 20-20 type of guys. You know, 15, 12, 18, 12, 18, 15. I think he's one of those guys that can be in there somewhere. And um, I don't know. I When he's gone in my draft so far, I haven't really been ready to take him. I think, I think I'll have less shares this season. But that could be a mistake. I mean, he did better as the year went on and, still young enough that that there could still be more coming. So, you know what I just thought of when I was looking at the stat line on fan graphs, it made me think of, I was like, I remember Tim Anderson coming up and I feel like it was similar. So I just went and looked up what Tim Anderson's first couple seasons were like, and they are eerily similar. Like his 2016, he only played 99 games. So I'm going to say 2017, which is his first full season. And he hit 257 with a 276 on base with 17 homers and 15 stolen bases. That's pretty, like, that's 
kind of similar to what Ezekiel, and that was him at 24 years old. So he was a couple years older, but yeah, it's kind of what Tovar did. And then all of a sudden he started getting the bat on the ball a little better. Wasn't ever much of a walker. And he had a pretty good run there of about four or five seasons where he was pretty productive. So I could see older him. though, right? He was two years older whenever he had yeah. that 2017 season. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think you, you, I like how you hit it on the head where, um, may not have many shares, but that could be a mistake. I think that, yeah, maybe that, maybe that this will be the year for him. Maybe it won't be for another year or two, but I think that, that could be, a, that could be a realistic possibility with him. Yeah, for sure. Um, him or him with Tovar, Willie Adamas, Adamas, Nolan Gorman. I I think I already know it. Gorman. Yeah, we both love Gorman. Uh, What about Jonathan India? Uh, I think it's close-ish. Probably India. Agreed. Yeah, it's close. Uh, Edward Julian? Tovar. Agreed. Jackson Holiday. Tovar. For this year. Yeah. I agree. We're agreeing too much on these him or hims. I really haven't had too many to <laughs> um go against you. I on. mean he's in that he's in that mix. I like there's a lot of them. There really is. Like there's a lot of I feel like when you get to round call it thirteen to eighteen. 13 to 20. There's a lot of middle infield options. And I think they're all, there's a lot that are really similar too, you know? So just kind of have to pick your guy. And I don't necessarily mind if he's someone's necessarily, you know, but um, if there's guys I think that are similar going multiple rounds later, I'm just going to, Go that route, keep more kicking, likely. But. Keep kicking it down the road. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bryant, his ADP keeps dropping year after year. Now it's 268. Do you think he's ever fantasy relevant again? Uh, fantasy relevant, yes. On my fantasy team, no. You're pretty much out. I just have no, yeah, I just have no interest. I, I think there will probably be a point where it's like, oh, Chris Bryant's playing well. But when that point is, I have no clue. And how long and does I, that last? <laughs> exactly. I just, yeah, I, I have absolutely no interest in him. When I started playing fantasy baseball, it was 2002. And Juan Gonzalez was still in the major leagues and he was playing for the Rangers. And he'd always have a hot. Like, like the first two years I played, he had a real, like I drafted him in points leagues in those first couple, and he'd have a good hot couple weeks. And it's like, oh, it's happening again. And I traded him the first two weeks of those home or those, you know, public leagues at that time. I traded him and he did nothing pretty much right afterwards. And yeah, that kind of feels like what we might see whenever Bryant actually has one of those runs. It's like a three week run in April. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Bryant's ADP is at 268. Something that shocked me is the next Rockies player who's going on NFBC is not till pick 524 with Brennan Rogers, which means the Rockies 
the Colorado Rockies only have five hitters in the top 500 right now, which that's just hard to believe. Can you, do you, I mean, there was a time where like, there was probably like six, seven, eight guys in the top 200 that were hitters on this team, Andrew. That's another guy I have no interest in, Brendan Rodgers. Like, come on. Like, what are we doing, you know? Yep. I don't know. But. So, there could be some opportunities here, though. That means, because obviously hitting in Colorado is a nice thing. Are there any hitters you are interested in going after 500, pick 500? Uh, I could... I can see being interested a little bit in uh, Hunter Goodman, mm-hmm. possibly. Had a really good year. And wish he still had that catcher eligibility. But That would be nice. Yeah, maybe even Doyle. I mean, these guys go super late. You never know. You know, of course, it's cheap, whatever. But. If they're super cheap, I don't mind it. I think McMahon is okay where he goes. He's dual eligible, middle and corner. I think it's fair where he's drafted. And I don't I don't even really mind where Blackman goes typically, just because I think he'll get at bats and obviously the home games are nice, stuff like that. Um But man, oh man, like this team is just Sad. It's really sad. They're going to sign a They're couple starting guys pitching. Too. Their pitching is just terrible. And Nolan Jones is exciting. We probably should have brought him up, but we just did. Uh, That's why I didn't. Yeah, he's definitely exciting. Yeah, we got Nolan Jones, Ezekiel Tovar, and that's your excitement for this team because everything else is just blah. Pretty much, yeah. Are there yeah. any? Starting- there could be somebody else that breaks through and is exciting but it's hard to say exactly who that'll be i like goodman and the thing with goodman is he in his limited time i think he played first base and the outfield in that limited time up at the end of the year so you're getting a guy who could also be you know first base corner and outfield eligible so i do like that i thought that was a good call is there like is there a starting pitcher in this entire organization you'd take in a draft and hold Um, probably not. No, probably not. Has that ever Maybe. happened in the history of like you playing draft and holds? <laughs> I think the answer is I no. don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But Kyle Freeland, maybe in round fifty. You know, I took Prob- him. I took probably him not actually. <laughs> I took him in a lot of draft and holds this last year because um, the year before he was pretty good on the road. So he was a guy you could put on the road. Yeah. And yeah. I went and looked at his splits when I made these notes. No, he was terrible on the road this last year. I was, I think it was a ERA over five to where I was like, yeah, probably not doing that either. Yeah, it's real bad. And real, then, real bad. Yeah. And then their closer situation, I mean, we don't know right now, Justin Lawrence, but, I mean, that could change on a dime, too. At least at least none of them are going early. So, yeah, I mean, I'd take Justin Lawrence on a flyer for sure. Do you agree with that? Uh, Yeah, maybe even Kinley. I know Kinley was getting some saves at the end, mm-hmm. too. So Yep. Uh, 
Yeah, I think they're whoever ends up getting saves for them will be somewhat of a value just because they're so cheap. But yep. And I remember when you know used to be like excited that somebody was hitting in Colorado, and it's almost just. I feel like that's almost just completely gone away. At least with me, right I don't now. Even, the only the only way, like I'm excited for Nolan Jones. But it took that much success for him for people to now be excited about it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's so hard to be excited about anybody that hasn't really broken through. You know, that's why Goodman and Doyle or, you know, any of these younger guys, they don't get drafted aggressively because they could just go away and be nothing too, you know. So – Jones has obviously established himself enough now that he's basically their best hitter and should have a lot of rope and be productive. But until you kind of like cross that bridge with them, I just feel like you're living in this world that you could lose at bats and you could get platooned and not play every day, get sent down. Like there's just a million things. We've seen and that I happen feel, a lot in the last five years. I feel years. pretty good about that not happening to Nolan Jones, but any of these other young guys, him and Tovar, any of the other young guys, they're probably – it's possible that it, it could happen to them, you know? Yep. We've seen it happen with a bunch of guys that have come up the last five years. Five years ago, makes we started it hard. This, we started I was just saying, it makes it hard to get excited about them. Yeah, five years ago, we started this podcast. Like, in two months, it'll have been five years. And we, that first year, you and I were both all over the Garrett Hampson hype train. <laughs> yeah, Coming up as a rookie. Me. And we loved his value that year. Both of us did. And the Rockies just... Uh, and Hampson didn't play well enough to earn... Like, he, he wasn't as good as we hoped and thought he was. There's that truth to it, but we just have seen that happen with a few Rockies over the years where they come up and they just, like, you have a bad week and all of a sudden, like, we're they go into a year like, we're committing to this guy, and then he has three bad games at the start of the year and he's hitting eighth, and then another three bad games and he's playing every fifth game. And I feel like that story's been told multiple times with them. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, this organization is... It's bad. Yep, it is. I am, I am excited about Nolan Jones, though. I think I think there's a path to him being awesome, like really awesome in fantasy. Like a first-round caliber player in 2025 awesome? Yes. I think it's possible. I, I don't think it's like a it's, – it's not – nothing's locked in or anything like that, but possible. The, more I've, the more I've thought about it, and like, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of upside there, a lot. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how he follows up that season. Have I for Have you drafted him yet? No, I'm going to though. You're gonna get some shares. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Man, he's got a like for going 2020 in 106 games. He's got a pretty conservative projection when you look at his projection at 23 and 16. That is a conservative one. Right there. Yeah, I 
Yeah, I just kind of look at it like played 106 games. He went 2020. Um, granted, he had a crazy bad. If I don't, I don't really think that the batting average will hold where it was. But cores does inflate BABIPs, period. So mm-hmm. he sure. will have probably a higher one than he would have anywhere else. Um, and yeah, it's like, you know, you give him a few more games. I think that the power can be there. He obviously has some speed. Walk rate. He's always walked a ton. I mean, that was the thing when he was in the minors that, it was like he was too passive there for a while, just taking tons of walks. Yeah, even but, with a 250 um, batting average, if it drops to like 240, 250, that could still be a 340, 350 on base. Yeah, and I, I just feel like it's one of those guys that everything could be there. And most importantly, I think the playing time is going to be there. Yep. And that's like, the, that's like the thing with Colorado. It's always been like, well, if he plays, and man, if he doesn't play this season, like <laughs> – I'm done with this team forever. Just in terms of, you know, like if he if he starts to lose playing time or something, it's just I can't imagine that happening really, but he goes one for um, twelve it is the, the first week. Yeah. Yeah, it, it goes one for twelve the first week and starts playing half the week. Who knows? But but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of upside. I, I think there's a world where he goes like thirty twenty and it's just massive in fantasy, but not a lock by any stretch. So, yes, we like drafting Nolan Jones. Ezekiel Tovar's fine. Hunter Goodman's pretty interesting or is interesting really at, as a very late pick. Maybe a couple guys are sprinkled in there, but the rest of them going to drive us nuts. So, I don't know. Like like we were saying, it's a different Rockies, Rockies organization than it was five years ago. I mean, Five, ten years ago, we had Carlos Gonzalez, Charlie Blackman. Who else were, like, John Gray was interesting, and then Herman Martin. Yeah, there seemed like there was seemed like there was a lot of them, but maybe that was just, maybe they were just interesting because we didn't realize how bad this organization was yet. No, they we were bagged, good. They were we good bagged players. out for too long. <laughs> Mark, yeah, Mark Reynolds. I remember Mark Reynolds playing there and being yeah. fun to own. There were good yeah. times. There were good times. So... Anyways, we are going to call it there. We are officially done with the division talk, division series. I'm glad we did this. This was a lot of fun, and it gave us an opportunity to talk about some new names that we hadn't talked about yet. So I'm glad you came up with that suggestion. I'm glad we did it. I'm also glad it's done because we got some more stuff to talk about coming up. Yeah, Yeah, it was good to run through the teams and kind of cover some guys that we may have missed otherwise and We'll obviously get to the positions after the new year, so that'll be time to go through certain ones even more. But yeah, it was fun. Other than the AL, other than the AL Central. Do you think Otani <laughs> signs by the next, <laughs> by the end of the winter meetings next week? It does sound like it. He might be close. Yeah, yeah I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be soon. I think so too. We, that'll give us plenty to talk about next week just off of that alone. But I think it could be an interesting one. Like, we got the Blake Snells and we got other guys, and I, I maybe everybody's, like, it does feel like everybody's waiting for Otani, like a lot of the big names, just because 
you know, once that chip falls, all of a sudden there's going to be, like we were talking about, teams like the Dodgers and Giants are waiting to figure that that out before they can figure out, how, like, where they're spending their money. And if it's if it's the Cubs, just send a paramedic. <laughs> I'm getting a new. I'm getting somebody to fill in next Thursday, Friday, if it's the Cubs, because I don't think you're going to be like. Yeah, I can already picture being at work and getting that news, and I think I'd just start yelling. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're in the middle of a sale no. right there, and all of a yeah, sudden you're know, like, "Sale know, can man. wait." <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be hard to hold back. <laughs> All right. Well, until then, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. And take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 